Good evening, everybody. My name is Grev, and welcome to the second episode of the Rip Raw and Reds podcast. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Jace. How are you doing, Jace? Yeah, good evening, Grev. Uh, doing well. Bit full. Big meal this evening. Just went out for dinner. Had a few drinks. So, yeah, feeling good. Me, How about you? What did you have? What did you have? Tell me what you had. Come on. I'm excited. Oh, what do I have? Uh, I had a sirloin steak. We went to Miller and Carter. I had a 12-ounce steak. Uh, nice. Two apparel spritz and uh sticky toffee pudding wow double courses uh tell me how do you have your steak cooked uh you'll be surprised because you know how i have my steak cooked i know i, I just want to know me okay, i had a medium good Medium's good. i had it medium it was pink it was pink today okay you enjoy it yeah yeah that's all right oh cool yeah. oh, decent. it's quite expensive though like 33 quid ah. for a sir- sirloin yeah miller and carter and then- did you have the, the wedge salad did you have the wedge yeah, I don't get that. It was it was just it was a piece of lettuce. <laughs> I didn't get it. It was like croutons and a piece, a wedge of lettuce. I was like, yeah. I didn't get. I get. I didn't get it. I don't, I don't understand that. <laughs> the wedge is the highlight of the Miller and Carter meal. I don't know what you talk about. <laughs> uh, so anyway, this this podcast is not sponsored by Miller and Carter uh, or Steak, unfortunately. Um, we're going to be talking about the MLS All Stars game. A lot to talk about. Some big subjects, as well as always our rip roar review. So without further ado, let's get into the intro, and then we'll get straight into it. This, this is my club. Fucking love Right. As I said, as always, we start our podcast with what we call the Rip Roar Review. It's going to be a big, bold statement. It's going to be something that uh, Jace is going to to talk to us about. He's going to go first. So tell us, Jace, what's your rip-roaring review? Well, I said it was ugly, and then I bought it straight away. So um, the away kit, uh, you know, you and I are always looking to see what the kit is early as pass. And when we saw this one, we we both said, oh, this is probably the worst kit that Adidas have done so far uh i take it back already it's going to be a cult classic it's going to be like exactly like the bruce banana like you know i'm sure when that first got released everyone was like what the hell is that and now you do anything if you get one for less than 100 quid you can't they're about 350 aren't they so uh yeah i'm hoping it's going to be that i've got it i've gone full kit wanker champions league patches uh rice on the back sorry i swore there this is an adult podcast so it's fine um <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's my that's my big news. I like I like it. It looks good. The kit looked good on all the players, and we won five nil. So you know it's going to be fine. Yeah, I do. I agree with you. I think it is going to grow on me. I think it's going to be one of those kits that you look back on, and people are going to be clamouring over themselves to try and buy it. Uh, I think it's very Puma. That is unfortunate. I think it, it does give me Puma vibes. Um, and that was probably some of the worst years of our kit history, I think, in the in the Puma. So yeah, yeah, but um, yeah. it's going to grow on me, I think. Well, I, I will say one thing: I uh, we're not going to do a kit episode. We need to do a kits episode. But I think Adidas's worst kit was that marble one of the Highbury Halls, the bloodshot eyes. I hated it. I didn't buy it. 
But yeah. that was my opinion. I think that that kit was worse than this one. But yeah. Okay. Well, when we do a anyway. kit tier tier system, uh, I'm sure we can get into that and get into the debate about <laughs> what is our favourite kit. I'm sure uh, many of them will probably agree on. Some of them we won't. But let's get to that. Um, for me, uh, where am I taking uh, my ribbon review? Well, uh, I saw uh, on the on the Twitter sphere we're we're linked with another Ajax player. I think it's Kudus, uh, and he he you know like like everyone, I'm now an expert uh, on on Kudus, and he is uh, an electric player. But the one thing I would say, uh, he looks versatile, and that seems to be like our our player now versatility that's what we're aiming for that's what we're trying to sign and i think this game that we're going to talk about in a minute is 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 proving that so i definitely think arteta is is setting us up for versatile dynamic unpredictable surprising football um and i think that that's something that we lacked last year particularly um and we talked a little bit about that on the last pod but i'm, I'm dead excited to see where this takes us and and if you know Arteta can learn from some of his mistakes from last season resting players rotation now we've got a bit more of that depth hopefully that will come into play and that versatility I think it's going to you know breed a breed a different monster of Arsenal this season so I agree with everything you're saying but I've got one question for you on that if you sign kudos is it kudos or kudos 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 if you sign Kudos, do you kill Smith Rowe? I, d- I knew you were going to ask me this question because I know you're a big advocate of uh, Emil. And I, yeah, I think I, I think that is particularly probably a nail in his coffin. Um, although there are other players of that, you know, Fabio Vieira could be another yeah. one, but I just can't see us removing him at his age and his, you know, contract. So you, you could be right. But I, I do think there's a good value that you can get from Smith Rowe. Just come off the under-21s championship. Good player, young, English. There's a lot of ceiling for him. But he is a Haylander, so I know that's going to upset you. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of advocates for Smith Rowe, right? Yeah, um, we want to see him with his his injury. Uh, well, his, it was his groin he had surgery mm-hmm. on, wasn't it? He had, he had a, a long issues all his career. So he's he's over that now. So I want to see him fit for a whole season and, and see what he can do. But I do fear that, yeah, if we keep buying players like this, he ain't going to get in the team mm. and he's going to have to leave. Um, yeah. Uh, but, look, you know, I'm also, on the other hand, I'm glad to see us doing this in a way because we've had many years where we've not done it. Like We had Ozil. We didn't buy Fabregas. Because we had Uzo, we had Cazorla, we had Wilshire. We should have just bought Fabregas back to the club. I was so angry when we didn't do that. So, you know, at the same time, I've got no problem having depth like that. City have depth like that. So, yeah. Yeah, I, do, I mean, I do. We, we're going to have to, in a big squad and a big team, you're always going to have to sell good players. It's, it's part of the nature of the business and the beast that we work within that we're going to have to do and sell some players and what you don't want, like you say there, you don't want another Wilshire on our hands. You don't want to keep giving them that contract and then not hitting, you know, when he was that, that period when he was playing with Saka was electric, you know, that combination, the whole song, you know, it was all about their, their combination and their link up that we just haven't, we didn't see at all last season. And, you know, if they can replicate that again, then perfect. But I just, it doesn't, I don't know if he's out of favor with Arteta or not, but he just, even when he came back to fitness, He's not been getting any game. To- he's not even starting now. I don't know if he's injured again now. 
He's only come back from he's he was from MLS the championship. Game, he, I'm guessing he was only just come back from the championships. I think he was mm. sat. He was there with him and party, and now with the squad. I don't think they were on the bench though for that game. Yeah, I imagine they'll be in for United. Okay, well let's let's wait and see. Like I'm excited either way you look at it. Like you say, I think it's a it's a good problem to have. It's not a bad problem to have um, for Arteta and his backroom staff. Uh, cool. So that's the uh, rip roar review. As always, tune in again uh, when we go through it next week. Always a good hot topic to discuss. We're going to go through our, our topic to do with the MLS All Stars game and kick us off. We're going to go with welcome to the club. Uh, so we had two debuts. Obviously, Havertz had already had his debut against Nuremberg uh, in the previous friendly. I'm interested, Jace, where do you want to go with those three new players to the club? Who stood out for you and why did they stand out for you? Um, Timber, like, it's just that for me, it was the most obvious one. Like, it was all over social media. It was all over Twitter. I didn't, because I didn't, I don't know about you, I, I, I have work. <laughs> I couldn't stay up and, and watch the game. So I ended up watching uh, as much of the extended highlights. And then I am, ended up also watching um, like specific videos on Timber and Bryce to see how they played. People had mini highlights of them both. And the thing that came out loud and clear, even on social media, of when I woke up was just Timber, Timber, Timber. Like everyone was raving about his performance. And watching back at the, the highlights that I've seen, yeah, he was everywhere. Um, and he did... he. He was his touch, some of the passes he played, some of the his, his pace as well. Man, he's just got he's got so many attributes. Um, I, I I think he just as you said, uh, we talked about depth last week, right? Um, we're gonna he's give he gives us so much depth. He gives us something dynamic. He can play in the equivalent of a Zinni role on the right, where he can invert. He is definitely um, a, a Zinni regen for me. He is basically that that right right side copy and paste of, of Zinchenko. Yeah. So let me ask you then: uh, Does Ben White lose his place? I mean, if you were just to look at look at that bit in isolation, I'd say yes. Um, he his profile of play, the way he played, was more akin to what you're kind of thinking Arteta thinks and acts like. What what Ben White lacked towards the latter end of last season, in particular, was that uh, winnativity, that going forward, even some of his defensive work was a bit um, poor. I think he'd gone off the boil a little bit. Um, he's an excellent right back. I don't think there's any doubt about it. But I do think that there is, if you're looking at that one game, I do think he loses his place. It's just a, a matter of time. Um, but the one thing I would say, and it's a great question to ask, Jay. So so thanks. Uh, is is the difficult well is is the the good thing about that i think ben white loves competition he'll want to fight for his place he's not going to be a shrinking violet he's not going to back down and that's you know that is the 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 right perfect storm that arsenal require what you don't want is a player down in tools when you've got another one right behind them to come back in what you want is that big competition and i think this is what it's going to give us so i'm looking forward to that yeah i can see that i think um I, I I'm not sure if Ben White loses his place. Um I think that we'll see a lot of both of them. Um because I don't think we can play two inverted fullbacks on both sides, right? So we know that Zinni gets quite a few injuries during a season. 
So you can see when you play maybe a Kivior at left back, and then you end up playing Timber as the invert. And then you can see when we play Zinni, we might have might have White. Um, something that evens it all out. Maybe. Do you not think like you when I mean I don't know how much of it you saw, but Kivior was inverted as well. He was always hate... playing left centre mid like it at a time. So. And I know they didn't well, play at the same time, really, because they kind of yeah. swapped at halftime. So maybe you're right, that balance is probably there. And I think, you you, you know, it makes that midfield can, three. Yeah. You can put Tommy Asu at left back if you need to. He's going to need games. Where's he getting his games from? Um, yeah. I'm assuming Tierney isn't getting any game. I'm assuming Tierney's not getting any games. If you can play in Kivy all there, if, you put, if you've got Tommy Asu, who did, you know, I was at the Liverpool game last year, so good at left back. Um, again, he's had injuries, which has been a bit of a curse, and I think mm. he might find himself on the way out the door if he if he if he doesn't have a season of being injury free. Um, that's sad. I like him, but I think that's just the reality of football. Um, so, so yeah, okay, I, I, it's, it's good. You, you watched uh, a few different highlights, so tell me, you must have seen a little bit about Rice. Anything you want to take away from his performance? Solid, consistent, what we paid for, probably what I would say. Like, it wasn't, um, it wasn't uh, an amazing kind of blow my socks off performance, I think I'd say. Um, And also, it was, it was a team of players, the opposition was a group of players they don't actually usually play together, right? It's the MLS All Stars. Um, you know, they 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 all play for different clubs. It's like playing against I don't know Wales or Scotland. Probably is maybe the equivalent. Like decent professionals come together occasionally to play together. Yeah. Maybe not even not so so. The level of um, performances uh, that that the MLS team put out, you know, wasn't going to be on par with what you're getting from a Premier League team or a Champions League team. But he 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 adapted himself well. He did some decent passes. He made a few good tackles. There was a couple of runs he made. I saw he made through the middle, a couple of little bits of acceleration, which was great to see. Um, it did exactly what we need from him. And I think yeah. if he can do that it, against a, a stronger opposition, then I'm going to be very very happy uh but i guess i'm almost being cautious i don't want to i don't want to make myself too hyped if that makes sense i'm being caught i'm playing on the cautious side yeah uh i wasn't hard to not hard to not be excited when you're spending 105 million pounds on a player there right (laughs) oh yeah i mean right so what everyone listening doesn't know is that I sent a picture to our Arsenal chat of, of the Champions League trophy. <laughs> and my mate went, you've jinxed it now. Like, So I am quite optimistic, but I'm also be like, that's the fan of me. We all want to be optimistic and we all have that hope. I think we can look at this squad and go, yeah, we, we could win it all. But on the other hand, I think we uh, we've all been Arsenal fans for a very long time and we know hope hope kills so yeah. uh, i'm trying to be cautious rice solid debut really happy um yeah. and and he he does all the basics that you need but yeah, yeah what, I mean, what did you what did you think yeah 
I agree. I agree with you. I think like he kept the ball moving, ticking over, kind of, it wasn't standout by any means. Uh, but I think that's kind of what you're getting a little bit at its worst. He'll be dropping six, six and a half out of 10 kind of performances. And that's fine. That's kind of what you need at, at his worst. And then at his best, he's going to be controlling games. He's going to be directing traffic. He's going to be putting those balls in, uh, breaking the lines. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I think it was fine. And like I say, literally saw half an hour of of him in that game. Nothing much that you can really glean from from such a, a limited performance, I would say. So the game that I'm most excited to see him in, and I, I'm actually excited to see the midfield three, is, is the Barca game. Like, if Barca play like uh, De Jong, Pedri, and, and their players, I'd love to, I can't wait to see Rice in the midfield up against the Barca midfield because that's a high-caliber matchup. Um, maybe the closest thing to City from a technical... Like, closest team that you can play to City from a technical standpoint, from yeah. a highly technical standpoint, not necessarily from a, a midfield domination standpoint. You know, there's a lot of other teams that have got quite dominating midfields, but from a technical standpoint, and I think that's... We'll, we'll, I'm excited to see how he does that. So yeah, yeah, I uh, think it's going to be um, good to kind of see him against Man City. I think the Community Shield. I suspect he's going to slot straight into there, and it'd be good then to see. You know, that's a real game, real meaty mm-hmm. game as well. We, we're going to want to win that, so I'm going to be interested to see where and how he plays. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you. You know, we've not talked about habits. What do you think? Again, like a, a relatively solid performance. I think the best the best thing I think I like about him so far, he's already gone on Twitter or Instagram to kind of silence the haters when it came to the MLS skills challenge. I think anybody that watched the video of that would be, you know, Chelsea fans are staying up till three o'clock in the morning to watch that and drop on the timeline how, how much of a stinker he put in. But I'm glad that uh, Havertz treated the MLS skills challenge with as much disdain as it deserved. Um so it was great to see him actually score and not only score, but score with a volley, which I think was just, uh, it's just hilarious because obviously he was the only player to never get a point in that challenge with, with volleys. So, yeah, I mean, I liked him. It was fine. It was, I, I think that, uh, that his attitude on the pitch, I can see is still very Chelsea-esque where it, it feels like he's sulking or quite passive in his play. That's kind of the impression I get when I've seen him play. He feels very pedestrian sometimes, but maybe that's just because it's a friendly and it's not. He's not going to be at full fitness yet. Well, we've had a player like that before. Yeah, and that's what I don't want to see, right? Exactly. It's like you know, you can you can get the old game here and there where they're going to you know set the world alight. They're going to be performing on that stage. I mean, he scored a Champions League final goal, right? That's what everyone keeps calling back to. There's there's definitely a player there. What you don't want to find is this like a, a 65 million pound project from Arteta that, that doesn't work. That's a lot of money to drop on a player that you're not quite sure what he's got and where he's going to fit in. But let, let's see. You know, I'm, I'm still on the fence. Uh, I think it's a lot of money to pay for a player who is quite, quite poor, if I'm honest. And so, yeah, interested, but cautious. Similar to you with Arsenal generally. Yeah, that's fair. The skills challenge thing for me, like, uh, was like I get that we as fans can look at it and go, all right, that's a bit of fun, fine, like it doesn't matter. 
on the other hand, uh, whether they're taking it seriously or not, I maybe expected slightly better technical quality. Like, even if you're just like, you know, you and I can like on a Monday night, we can, uh, kick, a ball, <laughs> we can kick a ball around, right? But there's a I'm, level, drop, I'm like, dropping maybe... better touches than that in my garden, and I'm awful. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the point, right? Is like there's not taking it seriously, but then just your general ability, I would have expected maybe a little bit more from that, but yeah, uh, but then yeah, it doesn't mean anything, and you can tell the MLS players maybe were a little bit more hyped for it. Yeah, they were definitely more up for it than us. But I, I think that's a thing in the US, though, isn't it? Like, I think the the NFL. Oh, I know with the NBA All Star Week, they have the the dunk challenge, and and they have they have lots. There's you know the NFL do stuff as well. So I guess for them, I don't I I don't know all the background of all the MLS players, but I'd assume there's some uh, some players in the MLS team from the US who are familiar with that and probably took it very much more seriously than uh, the Arsenal players did. Yeah, I mean, America is a lot of pomp and circumstance with with all of that, and you, you kind of come to expect it if you've ever watched the, the Super Bowl or the World Series. So, yeah, I mean, it's a big deal. I love. I, I watched the whole game, so I did watch it back afterwards. The commentary team was probably my highlight of the entire game. Um, they literally just made such a big deal about this is like like a training camp for Arsenal, but a big deal for the MLS stars, and they're they're going to be in it to win it. And you know they got thumped five nil, um, and it was just really a relatively poor performance from them. I think they they I think they had one shot on goal. I think in it, and it wasn't Ramsdale that saved it either. It was whoever came on in the second half. I can't remember his name. Oh, no, that wasn't yeah that's it uh, it wasn't matt turner just just funny i found it really interesting they're so uh exuberant and and uh made such a big deal about it and then to see them get kind of really really trampled on was was just something for sure uh right yeah. well that's enough about our our new starters we we spent 20 minutes going through those a lot of pod uh on those three but they're they're a big deal right especially rice um so we're going to get into the next part we won five nil five uh people on the goal scoring sheet uh so uh our next topic is i've got five on it uh out of those five goals jason who are you kind of looking at there that you think was probably the the best of the bunch and, and why um well Best of the bunch, what best of the bunch, best goals or best of the bunch, best player on in the game? Go on, give me the best goal. Give me the best goal. Oh, Gabby's is the best goal, isn't it? I think that just, just, just decided, like the ball was sit, sat up perfect for him. He just he whipped it. That was keeper had no chance. He just watched it. That was that was a beautiful goal. Um, surprising, actually, interestingly, because. I think it's almost in Arteta's DNA to not shoot from outside the box. Like we like we we like to get it to the wings and then pass it in and we, we do the cutbacks kind of thing. Yeah. So that 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 Gabby shooting from there outside the box, I'm like I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> Put it that way. But it was a beautiful goal and really well taken. Um so yeah, that was my favorite. Um and if he can I, I do want to see him try and take more opportunities uh, in the coming season. I think we said, like, we value him for what he brings to the squad beyond goal scoring. But on the other hand, this season, we need goals. We need more goals. Um, 
I don't think it'll be in the world if he doesn't get those goals, as long as those goals are shared around and he puts the hard graft in, which I'm sure he will. But really, if we want to be... We talked about kind of Arsenal keeping on going after 60 minutes. Um, it would be good to get some extra goals from Jesus, whether he comes off the bench occasionally or well, most of the times it's going to be starting the way we need those extra goals. Yeah, I mean, his performance, you know, Jesus' performance during that game to, uh, against the MLS All-Stars was uh, very similar to a lot of his games that he's had in an Arsenal shirt. Um, he was electric in his hold-up play, in his ability to bring others into the game, in his ability to pick a pass and make a nuisance of himself in and around the outside of the box. It's when he gets in the box, I think he... He missed a, a relatively good chance. Uh, I think he hit the post or hit the bar. He, he should have been scoring some of those, and it's very akin to other Jesus performances that we've seen. Like you say, he offers so much elsewhere that you kind of forgive him a little bit when he's not. It's so funny to watch him score an absolute worldie and then miss absolute yeah. sitters. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, though. We can forgive him. Because we saw the effort he put in last year. It's like when a Bamiyang, he would we'd always have to play a Bamiyang because he would be always the one that scores. But you'd be frustrated at like the five he missed beforehand. Um, but he didn't put any extra work in. Whereas Gab Gabby, he's, he's put he puts the work in. Yeah. And as you say, he brings other players in. He's he just doesn't stop running. Like the pre- he can tell he's been schooled under Guardiola. Um, absolute workhorse, isn't he? Yeah, absolute workhorse. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. Um, tell me about your favorite goal then. I, I was going to pick uh, Trossard. You know, um, I think he had an absolutely unreal game. I think he was probably our best player, um, and he played a quite a different role because when he was playing in Ketty, was kind of playing left wing, where you kind of expect Trossard, and, and, and Trossard yeah. was kind of playing like left centre mid or like left of the ten. And he took that goal so well, cut inside, uh, such a, a great hit. Like I say, we don't usually shoot much from out of the box. And that was another one that was a big, big shot outside of the box. Um, I love his hair as well. I know that's not part of the goal scoring ability, but it's silver silver hair. I love it. I'm all for it. Um, I think he's going to be such an important player to us next year, just because of the amount of games we're going to have to play, Champions League, all the different competitions. Um, he looked dangerous. He looked hungry. I think people forget as well that he's he's our player you know what i mean like we, we signed him in january kind of under the radar a little bit when we missed out on other targets um and you look at those targets now and you're thinking what a what an absolute gem we signed and i i, I love him i love that goal i thought it was well taken and i just like him as a player i think he's um he strikes me because he, he probably knows he's not going to get all the games yet he's not he's not sulking he's not kind of going oh, i'm not playing why am i not playing He's taking his chance when he gets it. And you've seen when he comes off the bench, the danger that he brings. So, yeah, I loved it. It was great. Yeah. No, I agree. I had, I, I think he, for me, was the best player of the game. Um, yeah, I, I'm, the, the the turn he did for the goal he scored, cause I, I mean, his goal was really good as well. I, I, I Gabby just pipped in for me. But it was the way he dragged the defender and then... You, you know when sometimes you move the ball and the defender doesn't quite he hasn't got quick enough time to react so you flick it and then you can whip it and he did yeah. that beautifully set him into the shadow realm yeah um interesting he so did he play the left on the left eight it was kind was of like playing, was he playing yeah, the shadow like role kind of 
but he was definitely much more prominent. I, I, I mean, in this game in particular, I do think that we didn't necessarily need the double, and so we didn't really yeah. play like like we have done. I think it was just trying different things out, and so yeah, like because you had Inketia, Jesus, and Saka as the front three, and then Trossard was kind of like roaming left centre mid. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, it's interesting that Artest is experimenting like that again. Like we talk about depth, we talk about you know the type of players we're bringing in. I, I'm assuming it was an experiment. If it was, it worked. Uh, I'd like to see him try that against maybe harder opposition and see if that works but yeah if he can play there that's another that's another benefit but then i still think then if we put in there we're probably light on attackers so um yeah so so yeah um arteta's Art- always been maybe a bit guilty of not experimenting enough i don't think particularly but there were chances last season where we had options to experiment with that we didn't take and we went very formulaic particularly when we had a lot of um injuries at the back we we had options we could have experimented with, like Kiwior could have come in significantly earlier than he yeah. did. Um, and so maybe this is his way of looking at those different ways of experimenting when the, the chances are risen where he doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, we could lose this game and it's unimportant. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I, I I want to see, I would, I would use the, the League Cup, for example, for a lot of experimentation because... We're going to have a depth. Uh, if we're going to have such a sorry deep squad, then I I feel like we might as well experiment because end the season, as players get tired, as players get injured, you're going to have Champions League and Premier League in the beginning of the season. We're going to be expected to just hit it. Like this season, if we're going for the league, we've got to start from the beginning, win every game, every game, every three points is critical. So there's going to be a high intensity to them to go. So by the time you're getting into October, November time, you've had two, two and a half solid months of games. You you're gonna you, that some of that fatigue is gonna gonna start to potentially be seen. Um, if you're you know, the, let's be honest, the 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 Europa League group stage uh, is nothing like the Champions League group stage. They are a different caliber of team. Um, if we uh, get drawn, I, I, what we pot pot two, we're pot two, yeah. So if we get a Bayern Munich or uh, PSG, well, we're obviously going to get Bayern Munich in the quarters and get knocked out, Chase, because that's that's what we do. <laughs> it's usually the last sixteen, isn't it? It's not the quarters. <laughs> True, actually, but we never make it that far. Five one or ten one or whatever it will be. Ten two um, on aggregate, wasn't it? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, I think genuinely, I know we we we'll we'll want to see um, you know Wanieri and and um, is it uh, Cozier? I can't. Oh, what's Dubry? Cozier Dubry? Dubry? Yeah. I keep I getting mixed up with like him and then Dewsbury Hall, and I'm like, he plays for Leicester. Like, I keep getting confused. <laughs> it's a double-barreled name. Um, yeah. I know we want to see them, and we do, but at the same time, also. I, I, I think we need if we need we we do need to have some experimentation and um I think this League Cup's gotta be the safest bet to do that. Um because you don't want to be dropping points, so we can't afford to drop points. Yep. City City have shown that. Yep. Um, yeah. Um I agree. 
Right, well, that's the goals. Uh, we're going to move on. There's a few other players that we've probably not discussed yet, and they're going to probably fit into our MVPs of the game. Two real big players that we want to talk about, Jace. Do you want to kick us off by talking about who was the MLS All-Star of the game? He got the little uh, glass trophy at the end of it. Bakayo Saka, our star boy. Yeah, he he was he was brilliant. I mean, he's he was brilliant. He's it's like he's not it's like he doesn't have an off switch. That's that's my definition for Saka. Uh, if you watch the England internationals, he was brilliant. Um, and then he comes straight in Nuremberg game. That goal he scored, awesome. And in this game, so it's like it, the guy doesn't have any downtime. My only concern is that then his downtime is like the start of the season, at the beginning of the Premier League season. Um, I just hope that uh, he he can keep this up um, because um, yeah, we need him. Uh, his 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 control of the ball in this game, his ability to just move it slightly wide of the player, and then as a result, the player has no choice but to bring him down. I think he got two MLS players booked, um, and it was like it's a friendly. They you know he's he's drawing. Uh, fouls easily. I don't think we need to make a big thing of it. I think that's just part of his game now. Um, it's something that he brings to us. We, you know, we worry because we, as Arsenal fans, have seen many players. Targeted. Because we don't have a, we don't really have a like for like replacement of him either, right? Really. Well, yeah, it, that's the thing. Like, it, it's, it's we don't have a like for like replacement, and we've seen players targeted before. And it only takes one bad injury for for him to be you know out for a very long time and for and for us to be not in a great position from the attack perspective on the right because uh if we're going to go with Reese that's great if if we have faith and confidence in him well Arteta has faith and confidence in him but he's just he's not no one's at Saka's level he's a, in my in my opinion he's the best winger in the world on the on the right side so um yeah just he had a great game um, he continues to provide assists as well, which is what I'm loving. His his I think his his numbers this year, uh, when the last season were were amazing. I, I think he's going to better that this year. Uh, I, I just don't see him slowing down. So um, yeah, for me, he was he was one of, if not our best player. I've said, I've said Trossard was our best player, but yeah. but I, I I I'm very. It's very hard to pick between Trossard. Saka and well, I'll let you talk about Odegaard, but Odegaard was very good as well. Yeah, he was. I mean, the ball to Martinelli's goal, unreal, such vision. And I think the biggest thing for me when he came on the pitch was just like the 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 difference that he brings. He is so world class. He is his ceiling. He's not reached the ceiling. He's nowhere near it. He is going to be one of, if not the best midfielder in the world. He he will get to the level of De Bruyne. Um, he he yeah, he was just really like his reading of the game, his insight, his ability to carve passes and really control the game in tight spaces. He was just yeah. I, I'm honestly I'm running out of superlatives to kind of d- discuss how good he is, and I'm so excited he's with us. Like honestly, it's such a such a good player to have in our midst and yeah just i can't yeah i don't know what else to say honestly it was amazing i uh, the the but you know the the first thing when i i was writing the notes in the podcast the first note i wrote was oh god what a ball 
just <laughs> and Martinelli finished it like Thierry as well, which was um, very lovely to see. But um, but to have a player that can do that, I don't feel we had Ozil could Ozil could obviously do that, but we never had a striker that was able at that point in time when we had him to find mm. space and collect balls and score those kind of finishes. Now we've got two or three players, I think, that can 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 take can take can take on those kind of passes from from Odegaard. So um, his, I said last year, I think last year was the pivot. And when I say the pivot, I mean the pivot from De Bruyne being the best play, player in the league from the creative perspective to, to Odegaard. Genuinely think that last year I saw the pivot. De Bruyne was good last year, but he didn't have his best season ever. I think I said last, last podcast, there are other City players that, for me, won them the league, Grealish and, and Gundogan. I feel Odegaard was by far the the better player. Um, he he just went, as you said, to another level, and I think he's got more levels to go. Um, it's his, you've already talked about it. I won't go over it again, but the vision is just, yeah, it's... It's it's Verkamp and Zidane just, combined. Yeah, like so many of our those players, those great players, kind of rolled into one, right? And I think that he is just gonna. I don't necessarily agree with you fully that he replaced De Bruyne last year, or at least had a better season. I think there, there there's certain things to do, but the one thing I will say with Odegaard that he not only is assisting, he was scoring for fun last oh. year. You you know me, I'm a I'm a big fantasy football kind of advocate, and and to pick between our kind of Saka, Odegaard, Martinelli for fantasy football wise for points was really challenging because they were all doing so well and and Erdogan was just not he was kind of under the radar a little bit because of he it's not usually what you expect you would never really expect him and those those late darting runs edge of the box kind of stuff the cut back like you mentioned earlier he was just getting those for fun um and so yeah I'm like super excited to see where this season goes keep him fit keep him healthy keep him ticking over, bring him out for those big games he, he's never one to really cower away and like you know you mentioned Erzo a lot electric player on his day but really can go missing in a lot of games and and did i don't think we've seen that from Erdogan yet he, he's not really a shrinking violet when it comes to those, those big stages no he's another workhorse yeah um he's uh he he follows our tetas guidelines to a t yes i mean that's why he's captain he he's there to lead by example and he does um he might not be a Declan Rice, who's probably going to give the ref more, more trouble, um, and 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 or 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 Xhaka, he brings a different kind of leadership, but I think that's great. I think it's, you know, I think one player gets to wear the armband, and 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 fine. Odegaard has uh, been the club longer, and he's the existing captain. You could see Rice quite easily being the captain mm. if Odegaard wasn't, um, but. Odegaard has a, just a different kind of leadership that I I think is setting an example of how he gives me the impression you know he's quite um, he's a player whose profile is fairly low outside of the game um, you know you you hear about him for what he does on the pitch you don't hear about him for anything else he lives uh he lives a probably I'd imagine a very methodical life. 
Um, and uh, I think that's probably why Arteta loves him so much. Um, yeah. And he was a steal. He's probably, I think he might turn out to be, if he continues on the trajectory, I might possibly say he's our best ever signing. For the money that we paid? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because he's, yeah, he was a steal. Yeah, agree. Well, there are MVP, Sacco and Odegaard. Obviously, both had really good games. Looking forward to see what they do this season. We're going to probably move on to the, uh, obviously, been a relatively glowing podcast so far. I mean, we obviously won 5-0, so can't really be a lot that you can say uh, to the contrary. But we're going to look at room for improvement. There are going to be some. Um, Jason, actually, you, you mentioned to me in our in our chat that there was there was some sloppiness into how our, our defending worked. And I'm interested to see, like, who you would call out? Was there a particular moment, or is it just general? Like, what? Why were we sloppy? I. Why were we sloppy? I think it was rustiness. That's got to got to put it down to uh, Gabriel, particularly. Um, I think he got. I think he got lucky because uh, I think they called a foul, if I remember mm. rightly. But right near the nah, start he, as well. But yeah, really early on in the game. Really early on in the game, but that was. I mean, but he got lucky. He, he got lucky. And in a Premier League game, we started like that a few times last year. Actually, more than a few times. And we got last punished, year. right? And we got punished. And then mm. we were coming down. We were, there was a couple, quite a few times where we had to come back from 1 0 or even 2 0 down because of slow starts. I mean, we were in the ground for a couple of those games. Uh, Bournemouth game, for example, I think that was a slow start, if I remember rightly. Yeah, was that like nine seconds? I think it was something like where we were literally probably just like getting cheering, say it like before we'd even like put a drink on the floor, we were, yeah. we were one nil down. So, yeah, we can't. I'm going to say rustiness, um, and and we'll see what the rest of preseason uh, shows. But for me, yeah, caught napping, caught napping, and and we've been guilty of it before. We gotta, we gotta iron that out of our game. Yeah, I suppose one, one good thing: do it here. Don't do it in the Community Shield. Don't do it against Forest. You get those mistakes out of the way right now, and you, you, you know, you, you kind of start with one hundred and ten percent, like you should. Like you say, I agree with you. Caught napping. Gabriel wasn't the only one. Jorginho had another one. He was, he was, he had his pocket pinched in the center of the pitch, and he kind of just got frustrated with it. Put his head down. Yeah, get yeah, those out now. Yeah. Jorginho, I don't think is going to be in our starting eleven though. Like I know we were saying, we don't know who our starting eleven is going to be, but if Jorginho is starting over Party or Rice, I'd be very surprised. No, I, I don't disagree with you. I do, I do. I would say the only thing I would say about Jorginho, similar in a profile to Rice, he just does the basics and does them well. He's mm. not exactly going to be. Um, adding a, a certain level of dynamism or through balls or kind of. Uh, anything that's kind of out of the ordinary, but he does do enough to just keep the ball moving, keep it ticking over, protecting the back four really, really well, sitting in front of those two. I think as a player, if we do need to rest, then we've got those teams that aren't as pressing as a City, a Liverpool. He he can come in and do the job. I I don't think I worry about him doing the job. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I think the other thing also... If we could just go back to Gabriel and well, I guess it can apply for Jorginho, but he's we don't think he's going to start. Is Gabriel makes another mistake like that? 
he's out because we got depth. Other players are gonna. It's last season if we if we couldn't play Gabriel, we were having Rob to Holden, out, you know. We were having to think about how we play Rob and 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 the truth kind of is. I love Rob as a servant to the club. I'm very jealous of his hair transplant, as you can see, mine is falling out. But um, he he just can't play the game. He can't play the type of football we need. Um, so if he, he his leadership qualities uh, that he's provided to the club have been of tremendous value, and the way he's been able to support the players around him. But he he is no longer. I I don't feel. Um, really able to fit into our starting yep. lineup, and if we're, I, I mean, I don't see him with the depth that we've we've created in the squad getting any yeah. more games. I so think I Ben, think ben White, Kiwi can play in that position as well now. Tim Tim Timber, Timber is an yeah, he's not he's not getting uh, he's not going to get a game unfortunately, and so I mean, we already said you know, I think we're going to try and sell him, so. um Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There was there was two players that we discussed a lot in the last pod about buy, sell, keep. And I'm interested to hear your your thoughts and feelings towards how either of them, so Balogun and Ketia, both got some game time in this game, both did a little bit something different. Anything you wanna, you know, you wanna call out from either of them? Did did they put themselves in a shop window? Did they keep themselves in Arteta's mind? I quite like some of the clips I saw from Eddie, if I'm honest. Um, and a couple of the one twos he played, I think, he, uh, like in and around the box, he has that ability. I mean, we knew we we know he has that, so I, I like I liked what I saw from Eddie, but again, it doesn't give me the confidence to start him. So maybe that maybe he is putting himself in the shop window, maybe that is the answer. The, the other thing is, um with Balogun, I I think he was on. He got put on the wing again, from what I saw. Yeah. Didn't go down. Both, the mid, both didn't of them go... played pretty much on the wing. I think. I think Balogun came through the middle towards the end. I want to see Balogun forty-five minutes straight down the middle. I want to see it. That's where he played last season. It's where he scored what twenty-three goals in the league. On. That's what. I, that's what I want to see. No, no, I, I just to... don't. You know, I, I, I get you. But Eddie, what does he have to do? <laughs> like he, he can score goals through the middle. He came out on the wing that game, played really, really well, and yet you're still calling for Balogun to kind of get his his chance. I don't know. Like, oh, hang on, hang on. We both said in the last podcast. We both. Said I know I did, but I kind of feel Balogun. like I'm. And we I both said know. we struggled. I, I said I was. I felt very loyal to Eddie, but I what? But but you I want to try the shiny Balogun, new toy. I want to try the shiny new toy. Yes, I do. Um, but the reason for that is I just feel his ceiling is higher. The yeah. problem is I don't feel that Balogun yet has been given a chance to present his case in in the position that he's in. Eddie's had chances to play up front. We've seen him play up front. And you know, you know what you're getting. We know what we're getting. We we were getting uh, uh, as we said last podcast, a fox in the box, a poacher, and he's great. Which is why having him on the bench to come in is, is is fine, but we can't start with him for a consistent 
period, he will have a downslope. He did do, I will say, we know that he did really well in, in the uh, period last year where Jesus was injured. And he did get uh, quite a few goals, but then he also has some periods where he didn't get goals. Um, I just need Balogun to have a sharp chance there okay. because I just need to see, is it is there something there that means we don't cash in or do we just cash in? That's, I mean, the, that's... the thing I'd love to see is, I know it won't happen because uh, we've seen his comments in the media. He he wants a starting berth at Arsenal or not, like he'll move. Alone at a Premier League club would be my preference purely because then you can see, I, I know that you, you've got a lot of affinity with the uh, league. Uh, but it is, and, and even the commentators during this game made the, the comparison. I think it was uh, Messi and Mbappe that both outscored him for or XG or at least shots on the box. Um, and, yeah, and you know, those comparisons are, are slightly unfair, I feel like. Yeah. Rem versus PSG, which one's going yeah. to get 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 the option to create more chances? It's a bit yeah. Uh, so unfair. I feel it's a bit uh, an unfair comparison, but like you say, I, I do. I just know it won't happen, but I'd like to see it. I would say even just from Enketia, though playing on that left and did work well. Do you think they're going to try it more, or do you think do you think he's made still to be the nine? I mean, I on the left, no Trossard, Martinelli. Even Smith Rowe can play left. I don't see him getting on the left. Maybe on the right, because I think that's where we need something different if Saka's injured. But he hasn't played been played there yet. I mean Balogun yeah. keeps getting played on the right, so um no, I don't see him on the left, in my opinion. But I don't see what Arteta sees every day. So Okay. Yeah. How about you, by the way? Uh, I'd like to, like I say, it feels like Arteta has experimented quite a bit during these last couple of games. I'd like to see him keep going again. Like I say, I'd like to see him do Balogun as nine, maybe try and get here somewhere else, just to kind of see what what else could work, might work, give them some different options. I, I can't see a world where all three of them stay still. I'm just not too sure that kind of works in, in Balogun and Ketia and Jesus. Um, and I would say that this game in isolation, uh, Jesus outclassed both of them with both his ability and his ability to play the game, read the game. He scored a goal and he offers like neither of those two players so far from what I've seen do the same off the ball movement and bringing other people into the game as, as Jesus does. So I'd like to see where it goes, but like I, I am less sold on the Balogun experience currently than I maybe was last week how times can change in the space of seven days i will be at a conclusion once i've seen him play in the place he needs to okay well that's that's our room for improvement um and that is it for the mls all-stars game overall a really good game for us and a, a kind of a, a big five nil victory not really much you can complain about there which moves us happily on to our parking lot so anything that you've parked up in your motor uh, for us to talk about here, Jace. Um, ticket situation, you know, last year it was awful. Um, we, you and I go to, we're on season ticket waiting lists. Um, we're also on the club level waiting lists, uh, but it's very hard at club level to find two seats together. Um, so in the moment we are using silvers 
Um, we do have Reds, um, but we have a friend who is like our like our our soccer father, shall we say? Um, and 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 he's uh, he's raised us as Arsenal fans and um, has silvers. So we've been using those for I don't know, like I can't count how many years, half of our lives, um, and. As a result, last year, when between us, we will always agree who's going to log on and buy the tickets. We, as many fans, found themselves in the situation of being on the on the site for one, two hours. <laughs> you know, we were getting on so early and, and coming up with nothing. What I will say about the ballot system is it seems to be working, what they've introduced. Um, I think it's two games now uh that we've been successful so we've got uh fulham and forest and we've just put in for united so who whatever someone's doing at the club props to them because uh, it 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 seems to be working (laughs) and i will be saying props to you until you don't give us tickets um but yeah Uh, and the other but the one thing so uh, the ballot system's working really good the one thing i will say um is our situation can't our situation it can't it can't be the only fans that have that right like memberships are passed down between friends and family right we all go to football in groups of mates there are a lot we're we're in our 30s there are a lot of people that are younger than us in the ground going to the games very regularly and always get a ticket we've had red memberships for a very very long time we're still not near silvers and we've been going for ages um and I find it bizarre that we can't like transfer silver memberships into in, into 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 other people's names, because like we're a common fan base. We've all been going for so long, um, and so you know, one day the fact that we might not be able to go because of the way the ticket numbering system's going, even though we're the fans that are trying to fill the ground every week. You know, I would go to every game. I, you know, if, if someone gives me a season ticket. Or us a season t- a set of season tickets where we can go together mm. as a group of mates because that's all we want to do every game we'd snap our hands off for it so I, I don't know there's something still doesn't fit quite right there I get that there's a system and they're trying to be fair but like you know it's no. about creating creating an atmosphere in the ground and anyone can become a red member and buy a ticket but and, and I appreciate we are red members and we're not using our membership but we're not using our membership because we want to be guaranteed getting in. So the easy yeah, way I think to the only reason we, we the don't necessarily use our red, you have to keep going with those reds to get the silver. And like you say, I think I've had mine twelve years now. I think yours is slightly a little bit less, but not a lot less. We're still yeah. waiting. Um, and like you say, I think obviously all done to stop the touting, which we can both agree is is an awful yeah. shit show. And it needed to, something needed to be done. Whether or not this is the right solution is the open question. Because like you say, so far we've been successful, and we're we're thinking oh, this is great. You know, as soon as we don't get in, I'm sure we're going to be uh, in the parking lot again, saying the the exact opposite of what we've just said here. Um, and I think one thing to obviously for us to kind of as a club, I, this is the bit I don't get. You have my address, you have my name, you have my membership number to buy a ticket. You need a membership. So if someone is buying 20, 30 car, uh, tickets for a game through a tout, you know where they've all gone. You know exactly what membership they've attached to. And just cancel yeah. that membership because they're obviously not a fan of this club. 
And that's the bit that frustrates me the most. Like you say, we we are game-going fans. We would go at every opportunity we get to go and support the club. We're not there to make money. We're not there to, to sit on our phones. We're there to enjoy it, and we're there to drum up the atmosphere. And we're, you know, the casual fan is the one that's being harmed by this change more than anything. So it is disappointing, but obviously I'm not going to complain too much until they get the tickets taken away through the ballot. <laughs> yeah. See how it goes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, anyway, I mean, it's, it's not far away from the Forest game. We're, we're both dead excited. We've also got tickets to go to the Community Shield. Uh, Man City actually today offered back some other tickets back to Arsenal. So Arsenal.com had a few more Community Shield tickets up and available for sale um, today. I, I still find it utterly. I know, I know the distance and I can't comment um, because I, I don't travel. I mean, I travel, we travel like two hours to the, the ground and, and and then two hours back again. So we're, we're not super close, but we're not traveling all the way down from up north and, and taking six hour journeys to get here. But the fact that they can't sell out an allocation for a a, a cup against their, their the team that plays second place in the league is, is quite surprising to me. I thought they they won the Champions League. They don't feel like they need to turn up, probably. Probably not. Well, we're, we're going to want to win it. And if they don't, we'll, we'll happily take it off their hands. To be fair, with City, there's been many times we've been to Wembley games and they've given tickets back. I remember the League Cup game when we Mustafi had that. Awful... Yeah, less said, less said about that on yeah. the better, Jase. <laughs> but, but yeah, again, Man City didn't... Uh, like They had seats empty that game. I remember being there for the yep. final for that and they were empty, so... Yep. Uh, yeah, the only other thing is you 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 have a game away from Wembley, right? Put it in back. What well, did they have it in Leicester last season? Didn't they? Yeah, yeah, Leicester or I don't know Aston Villa's ground or somewhere in the Midlands. Yeah, I mean I don't see why they can't as well. Like just to make it more appealing, and uh, you know it just seems a bit strange. It's like they, it's the same with the Emirates Cup game that we got. It's like six p.m. on a Wednesday night. It's like that is going to be dead as anything. Just I don't know. There's a lot of obviously uh, both politicking and policing and other organisational kind of stuff that gets involved with it. TV rights, all that other kind of stuff as well. It just seems a bit mad altogether. Yeah. Right, that wraps us up uh, for another episode of the Rip Roaring uh, Reds podcast. I really do appreciate anyone that has tuned in on YouTube. If you have, do please give us a like and a subscribe. If you're listening to us on your podcast provider. Send us a review if you can. Give us the feedback. And one of the other things, please do leave any comments uh, because we will likely look at any Q&A in future episodes if there are any to go and uh, come into our parking lot and part of the discussion. Other than that, hopefully uh, we'll speak to you again after the Man United game. We're going to try and put together a review of that game. Hopefully we're going to see an Arsenal victory. What is your prediction before we sign off, Jace? 3-1. 3-1. 3-1. Three, one. Three, one. Three one Green Arsenal. All right, three one. I'm yeah, glad you well, said Arsenal. <laughs> I, we're we're ahead in our pre and uh, they don't look fit. Man United. Yeah, I mean, awesome. I saw, yeah, Casemiro does not look fit <laughs> at all. No. Right, three one from Jace. I'm going to go for a two nil. I think Jason predicts three one for every single game that we play, and he's usually been right most of the time. So that's been pretty good. So we'll speak to you hopefully again on Sunday after that Man United game. If we don't speak to you, then we'll see you for episode three shortly afterwards. Hope you enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you very much for joining us. See you later. Cool. Cheers, guys. Thanks. <laughs>